Listeners, welcome back to the Business of Wellness podcast. I am your host, Jacqueline London, and I am thrilled to welcome today's guest. He is Udo Erasmus. He is the founder of Udo's Choice and author of the book, Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill. He also designed the machinery for making oils with health in mind and pioneered flaxseed oil, a billion-dollar industry. He is an acclaimed author, an acclaimed speaker. He has an eight-step process that takes into consideration all of the elements of nature, human nature, including physical health and mental health, presence, awareness, and more. Udo's background includes studies in biochemistry, genetics, biology, and nutrition, as well as holding a master's degree in counseling psychology. Before we get into this interview, I just want to clarify my position on the primary topic that we cover in this episode, which is seed oils. Just because I think it's important for you guys to know where I stand on this topic from an evidence-based nutrition science perspective in both research and for my job in in real life practice. And because I, I just want to share that my perspective is only in this actual interview for a shorter period of time. And I don't know, you know, you guys will tell me if that's useful, if it's not useful, if you'd prefer more debate in the future. But because I really felt like it was important to give Udo the floor and to give him his time and to to really acknowledge the time that it takes for someone to come onto a podcast interview and and stay with me for an hour and um and really put some thought and energy and real effort into this. I wanted to make sure that that we really heard from him in full. So my questions are probing but they're not debate questions. If you don't know what I'm talking about right now, do me a favor, type in the term seed oil. <laughs> into the search bar of any of your social media platforms, okay? You will instantly understand that seed oils have basically become the genetically engineered crops of the 2020s. Lots of hyperbole and very little actual evidence. So here's my take and just a quick overview on it before we get into the interview. First, I have plenty of faith in Udo's very specific and very unique experience in this industry in seed oils, which is really his background and expertise in building chemically stable and carefully produced health forward manufactured stored oils, right? I also think that it's important just to be super fair to you guys, to my listeners, that I remind you, although I do think it's clear in this episode, that of course, Udo has a financial stake in propagating much of the anti-seed oil sentiment that we see online everywhere today, right? But just because someone has a stake in it doesn't mean that his experience and expertise and training isn't valid, right? I mean, I I think we can hold those two truths at the same time. So I, I think it's just something to note and to keep in the back of your mind versus dismissing anything said here off the bat. Um, I really learned a lot from this interview in lots of different ways. My goal in having him on the podcast in general was to keep an open mind on that front. I'm sure that from a food chemistry standpoint, there's probably some real validity to Udo's concerns about the degradation of oils. And perhaps much of this is unavoidable, just simply based on processing and standardization and storage. But regardless, based on my knowledge of research and practice, here's what I know. Simply because we see antioxidant degradation and or, you know, the quote unquote harm to seed oils in the bottle does not necessarily translate to having a clinically relevant and meaningful impact on human health. Okay. That's why I want you to keep in mind that when I say on this podcast and on social media in general, (laughs) that there's no substantive research saying that seed oils themselves are harmful for human health. This is why, because we know that there's damage and potential harm to human health based on how these oils are used. 
not necessarily based on the oils themselves. You'll hear me make this point in the interview, but I just wanted to make sure I reiterated that here as well. My bottom line that I want you guys to, to take with you after listening to this, I want you to enjoy and, and love this episode as much as I did because I really did have a blast interviewing Udo and learning from him. Ultimately, the most important thing to remember when it comes to seed oils and your health is how you're using any of these oils in your everyday life and to prepare the meals and snacks that you enjoy. If you're using seed oils or any oils, for that matter, to batter and deep fry everything, then yeah, I mean, probably that's going to increase risk of chronic disease thanks to refined carbs and saturated fat, as well as less desirable compounds that are created through the cooking process at high heat. It's also true that eating tons of packaged and highly processed foods made with seed oil-based emulsifiers, which I'd argue that any negative health outcome associated with eating these foods is based on what else is in that food, namely added sugar, saturated fat, and sodium versus the oils that are used for preservation, texture, and flavor. So regardless, from the food science and chemistry standpoint, Udo has so many insights, so many fascinating, thing, fascinating things to say on this and, and honestly on every other topic that we got into in this episode. It was an absolute pleasure interviewing him. I can't wait to hear what all of you listening at home are thinking about this episode. So please listen. Please enjoy. Let me know your thoughts, feedback. If you hate it, if you love it, I want to hear from you. Find me wherever you can reach me. <laughs> at Jacqueline London RD across social media platforms. And of course, at Jacqueline London on TikTok. And I can't wait to hear your thoughts. Enjoy this episode and I'll see you on the other we, side. I'm very, I feel very honored to have you, Udo. Udo, am I pronouncing that correctly? Udo. I should have yeah, checked Udo Rasmus, that. Yeah. Udo, okay. Udo Erasmus is here on the Business of Wellness and I am thrilled. It's a very big honor and a privilege to have you. You have so many accomplishments under your belt, so we're going to dive into all of them. But mm -hmm. I think the first one we need to cover today, of course, is your breakfast this morning. Yeah. <laughs> please, I, please yeah. do. Please share well, it with our My listeners. daughter came over. She's just begun to play with chocolates. So I said, okay, dark chocolate. I, I'm not into milk chocolate so much. I like dark chocolate because <laughs> chocolate, dark chocolate has so many good health benefits. Some of them are good for energy production in the mitochondria. And chocolate contains something called PQQ. I'm not sure I can even give you the whole name of it, but PQQ is an important aspect in the mitochondria for energy production. So I said, okay, dark chocolate. And so she put nuts on this chocolates. So every kind, almonds and cashews and uh, pecans and Brazil nuts and walnuts and a couple more. And then inside, in one of them, she put uh, ginger and turmeric. In one of them, she put cayenne and dried raspberries. And in one of them, she put uh, cinnamon and figs. Ooh, and so my, my breakfast this morning was chocolate. In I fact, if I show my teeth, there may still be some chocolate between my teeth. <laughs> And then I, I had, and then I had two bananas. <clears throat> I love to hear that, and I love that you went for bananas. I love that you were like, you know what is really going to go. I think chocolate and banana actually is quite a fantastic combo of flavors. I, I think I that's agree. a beautiful way to start the day. Yeah, and the flavor, obviously, the flavor is what's really interesting. I love it. I love the cayenne yeah. and the ginger. That would also be a personal favorite of mine. So if she'd like yeah. to send any over to New York, I would not. <laughs> I, I, I not will let her know. I will let Amazing. her know. 
All right. So Udo, please take us take us from the top. Let's start with your background, your experience. Give us the the overview and then we'll get into some more specifics. So how far do you want to go? Let's go from start with the if you want to start if you want to start from the beginning, I was born during the Second World War, 1942. And we were refugees fleeing from the communists in tanks and trucks down dirt roads in horse-drawn hay wagons, mothers with young children, no, no fathers, they were all off to war. No Amazing. military presence on the roads. And the allies, which we always think of yeah. as the good guys, they were using us refugees as target practice, shooting at us from planes. Oh my God. And so my mother left the road. It was winter. She left the road. She had six kids with her. She had to leave four of them behind because she could only handle two kids walking through the plowed fields in the snow. So I remember being very shy as a kid, yeah. um, never felt safe. Even yeah. when I was safe, I've never felt safe. Right, right. And uh, I got really into books because books are safe. So you can yeah. read about a war and there are no real bullets flying, right? Right, right. And, uh, and it got into, uh, when I listened to adults argue about really trivial things when I was six years old, this made me so uneasy. And I said, man, there must be a way that people can live in harmony. Yeah. And this little cocky voice said, and I'm going to find out how, being six years <laughs> old and not knowing how complicated everything is, right? So that's been my driver all my life. And I got into science <laughs> to understand how things work. Then I got into biosciences to understand how creatures work. Then I got into psychology to understand how thinking works. Then I got into medicine for a year because I wanted to know what health is, but we only learned about disease. And I ended up back in biological science and biochemistry and genetics. And then wow. eventually I got a, I left, I left university just before I got my master's in genetics and uh, then uh, left and then went back to school and got a, a master's in counseling psychology because I'm, my, my biggest interest is human nature. Why are we so crazy when we can be so good, right? And what does it take to go from crazy to good? This is like, to me, this is like the, the biggest job on the planet. This is the life's, this is life's work right there is why yeah, are we yeah. so crazy when we could be so good? I, I think nothing has been said better, perhaps yeah. on this podcast ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah perfectly so, well said. So that's, and then, uh, you know, how I got into nutrition. Yeah. I got married and my marriage broke up and I was really upset and I wanted to kill something. And I had a pesticide sprayers license uh, that oh. I had gotten on a gardening job. And uh, I took a full-time job as a pesticide sprayer. I was super careless, and I got poisoned by pesticides after three years of being careless. Oh and at that God. point, a doctor told me, we don't have anything for pesticide poisoning. And because I had the background, I went, buried myself in the journals to dig through all of the information and got stuck on fats because that was the most confusing area. I, had a, I read a study that said omega-6 is an essential nutrient. That means you have to have it to live and be healthy. You can't make it in your body. You have to bring it in from outside. And if you don't get enough long enough, you die. Right. And if you bring it back before you die, then all of the problems that come from not getting enough are reversed. So that's a very clear definition for essential nutrients, 42 essential nutrients in, yeah. in our food supply that, that fit that definition. The very next study I read on omega-6 is omega-6 give you cancer and kill you. And I'm going. My head exploded. It was like, wait a minute. I have to have it to live and be healthy, and then it gives me cancer and kills me? There's got to be something else going on here. 
And it was that that made me look into how oils are made mm. and how they're damaged. They're the most sensitive of our nutrients. They're damaged by light, by oxygen, by heat. Yeah. They should get the most care, and we give them the least care. We throw them in a frying pan and turn them into smoke. Horrendous, yeah. And yeah. so I said, you know, we, we should be making oils with health in mind rather right. than making them with shelf life in mind. The oh. industry was always interested in shelf life, so they had big markets. But yeah. health is really what we're, what we're taking it for. We're trying to be right. healthy. Well, you can't get healthy with oils that are damaged, that have molecules in them that never existed in nature, for which life never made a breakdown pro program. And when they pile up, they interfere with the processes that result in health. And then eventually they increase, uh, they increase inflammation and the risk of cancer. Can I ask you something on this? Because I've been curious. Yeah. I'm not the perfect person to ask as, as the true oil. Well, we'll see. We'll see if I'm the first per if I'm I've the perfect person. I've been thinking about this for a while, which is that there's so much talk online these days about oils, particularly yeah. about plant-based, plant-derived oils. Yeah. Yeah. And, and exactly what you said. I mean, you summarized it perfectly. And it's amazing that you had this experience because this is what so many people I feel like are, are literally going through almost in real time, particularly those with a large platform uh, who are speaking to this, right? Because when I first heard some of this controversy, you know, people saying, oh, seed oils will kill you. And like, like this exact type of thing that you saw, yeah. I thought this is crazy. Like, I can't believe that people are talking about it like this. You dive into the research a little bit more and you see that there's so many nuances, flaws. There's some, some distinctions that really need to be made. So I definitely want to put a pin in that and get into some of those with you. Yeah. But before we do, mm -hmm. let's talk about something else uh, just on the shelf life, which is that in plant-based oils, like let's just use like nut oils or seed oils, for example, yeah. either one of those would work for this example. You've also got, in addition to the unsaturated fats, you've also got antioxidants in there. So how come, is it just that there's not enough antioxidants in there to protect the fat from oxidation? No. <clears throat> no. Well, there's a couple okay. of things. Okay. So when an, when an oil is in a seed or a nut, it has a cover. Oh. Yes. So, for okay. instance, flaxseed, which is the, yeah. it's the most sensitive of the oils, when it's in the seed, the shell on the flax is very protective. Nature's packaging is amazing. Yeah. It really so is. It has, yeah. a brown, has a brown cover. If you eat the seed and you don't chew it, it will literally go through your body and you can plant it and it'll grow. Because you don't get any of the nutrients yeah. because the yeah. seed is there not to eat, feed you. The seed is there to make another pla flax plant. Right. Right. So if you, so that cover is super good. And they've found flax seeds 5,000 years old in caves in Switzerland. Hmm. And they pulled out those seeds from the Stone Age and they hmm. planted them and they still grew 5,000 years old. That's how good nature's packaging is for this flax seeds. Okay. So not only do you have that cover that protects them from light, from oxygen, and from heat. Well, yeah. heat's not the issue here, but, but from light and oxygen. Right. But also in the seed, in the, in the fiber that's in the seeds, and also special antioxidants are made that protect the oil in the seed. But when you, when you then press the seed out of the oil, you've lost the cover that is protective. And when you then refine, deodorize, uh, RBD, refine, bleach, deodorize the oils, you take out all the antioxidants. Yeah. So these oils don't have antioxidants in them. 
Maybe they'll put a little bit in, but they're not the right kind of antioxidants. So what right. we've done is we, in, in life, you know, there are two things we always need to deal with. One is creating energy. Energy is your life. That's your vitality. That's your juice. That's your get up and go. So you need the fuel. So sugar is fuel and fats mm -hmm. are fuel. And right. proteins can be fuel if you don't have enough sugar and fat. Right. So you need the fuel to get the fire. But if you build a good fire, you're also going to get more sparks. So you need spark <laughs> control. So you need spark yeah. control, right? Yeah. And, sp and when you don't have spark control, you get inflammation. The mm. reason why sugar will get you inflammation is because you got fire without spark control. Mm -hmm. But if you ate the cane or the beet, it has its own spark control. So yeah. refining it out, doing the processing that we do and removing everything except the, the sugar, mm. we've actually misbalanced the situation. It's true for fats too. Fats are energy. Fats are fuel. But when you remove the antioxidants that come with the seeds and nuts, mm. well, then you unbalance the picture. Except for one. Except for one. Omega-3s yeah. are the only nutrient <clears throat> that 80% turns into energy mm. and the other 20% of the, the omega-3s are uh, converted in the body into a whole bunch of other molecules with really important functions, including yep. anti-inflammatory and antioxidant molecules are made out of the fuel. And of right. none of our fuels do that except omega-3s. That's why omega-3s have a good reputation. Now, when people say, don't use seed and nut, don't use seed oils or don't use yeah. omega-6s, yeah. this is, they're saying half, a, they're giving you half a story. Yes, Because the way you. they're, Yes. The way they're made and damaged makes them a problematic. But what yes. they haven't done is look deep enough to, to ask why that is. Right. And we did that like 40 years ago. We looked deeper. When, I, when my head exploded from, you got to yeah. have it and it kills you. When <laughs> that forced me to look deeper. There must be something else going on that I'm not yeah. aware of. And what I yeah. found out is it's the damage done by processing that is the problem. Mm. Not the not the oil. So they're blaming the oil for damage that should be blamed on the damage done by processing. So and they're not doing that. And when you make oils with health in mind, which is what I basically uh, spent the last forty years doing, when right. you make them with health in mind, then they are not, not bad for you. They're good for you. And then it's like, okay, omega sixes are essential. Omega threes are essential. You need them both. You need them both in the right ratio. And you yeah. use them and you don't ever use them for frying because frying yes. damages them. So you That's, put them on food after it. it comes off the heat source exactly. and you cook in water. I think that's so perfectly well said. I think it's so important to, you know, because I, I, I'll give you a perfect example of how this plays out in real life. I got a, a direct message on Instagram from someone who asked me a question about seed oils and it's the perfect question also to bring to you, but I'll tell you what I've said and, and you can yeah. stop me. And I can <laughs> stop you, correct you. No, no, I would correct you. Huh? Um, it, it, she asked me if, it, it, with all of the hype around and negativity around seed oils, her main question was, can I not eat it sweet green anymore? Right? Because that's sweet green, the salad chain, sweet green. 
So she, so because, but the majority of the foods that are served at Sweet Green are all so nutritious. It's all vegetables, fruit, 100% whole grains. You've got so much of that stuff. You've got some seafood. You've got lean protein. So my point to her was that really in this case, the seed oil is the the sort of cherry on top of things. It's all you're doing. If if the only thing that you get there is fat right? Then what you're doing is helping your body actually absorb the nutrients from the other foods. The focus is less about the seed oils. And I completely agree. And I'm thinking like someone who is choosing foods from this salad chain, right? From this, from this operation is automatically making more nutritious, more nutrient dense food choices throughout her day that are fueling what her body needs. Mm -hmm. So in this case, I'm less worried about the ratio of the omega-6 to the omega-3, particularly if she's going to add some walnuts. She's got some good flaxseed. Actually, I think they even serve mm -hmm. some flaxseed there to go on top of the salad, right? Like, so there's other, there's other patterns, there's other behaviors that kind of offset some of the things that get talked about when we talk so much about seed oils. So I would say that, you know, that so much of your work and your incredible work that you're going to continue to tell us more about, <laughs> about the actual production and the process of creating those seed oils, that this is where some of that misinformation comes from, right? Or some of the concern, not even misinformation, some of the the very real concerns about yeah. seed oil production come from. But I'd also say that it's about the application, right? Because if you're frying things in seed oil, if you're breading and frying things in seed oil, I can understand that then you're doing some further... Mm -hmm you know, to, for lack of a better word, further damage to some of the foods that may have been once nutritious, but now have been turned into something that's a little bit less. So right. am I onto something? <laughs> You're, <clears throat> I, I, I call that the Russian roulette approach. Oh, okay. okay. It's kind so, of like, what can I get away with? Right? Yes. So you have a gun, it's got f six chambers, there's a bullet in one chamber. Okay. And then you say, okay, well, how many times do I have the trigger before I get a bullet through my head? That's okay. a Russian roulette. So what can I get away with? And, and yeah. the question I think that the better question to ask is what do I need to do to do everything right that I can do right? Because we're not in control of everything. Right. To have the longest life and the best of health. And okay. I'll tell you why, because this is probably something you haven't heard. Okay. When I look deeper into the oils, uh, you know, when they're treated with sodium hydroxide, and then with mm -hmm. phosphoric acid, and then they're bleached, and then they're deodorized at frying temperature before they go into the plastic bottle. Yeah. The plastic leaches into oil, and it has yeah. pesticides in it because they're not organically grown seeds. So before, they, uh, before you use buy them, that's already mm -hmm. happened to them. And in that process, a half to 1% of the molecules in the oil are damaged. Hmm. And when I learned that, I called the, the umbrella organizations called the American Oil Chemist Society. I said, I want to talk to one of the researchers. Yeah. So they put him on the line and I said, well, when you know that this, this processing that you do does damage to the oil, why yeah. do you do that? And he said, well, one of the reasons we do it is that when we heat the oil to frying temperature in deodorization, we can get rid of half the pesticides in the oil. Well, I've been poisoned by pesticides, so that didn't ring really well to me. And I said, <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, what do you mean? The other half of the pesticides stay in the oil? I didn't say that. I just thought that, right? And I mm -hmm. said to him, well, why don't you start with organically grown seeds? Because then you don't have any pesticide problem to get rid of. And he didn't have an answer for that. He'd probably never been asked a question. So there was a long mm -hmm. silence on the phone. And I waited. And when he yeah. came back, he was mad. 
He says, I don't know what your problem is. The oil is 99% good. It's only 1% damaged. And if you got 99% on an exam, you'd be hap- damn happy, wouldn't you? So, and I, so now Better I'm backing off. I say, well, 1%. Well, I, maybe I'm overreacting. Yeah. So we have this saying in science, when in doubt, when in doubt do the math. Mm. So I asked the question, if I have a tablespoon of an oil that is 1% mm. damaged, how many damaged molecules will be in that one tablespoon of oil? So I want you to give me a number. Just guess because it's a hard, you, you have no basis for making a good guess, but make a guess anyway. Oh. Okay, one tablespoon of, of oil, oil that is 1% damaged. How many molecules is that? Is that the question? Yeah, how many damaged molecules? A thousand? Okay, so, and here's, and this is what the issue is. It's a shot in the dark, okay. No, of course it's a shot in the dark, and you don't know because you don't know how big molecules are, and, you know, so there's a lot, but but there's ways to figure that out. So it turns out that in that one tablespoon that is 1% damaged, that you think maybe has a thousand damaged molecules, you actually have 60 quintillion damaged molecules. <laughs> so your, so your, so your estimate is 60 quadrillion. So we're talking a thousand million billion trillion quadrillion. So that's yeah. 15 zeros. Your estimate is 15 zeros too low. And the fact is that when you in a tablespoon of 1% damaged oil, you will get uh, more than a million damaged molecules for every one of your body's 60 trillion cells. And so when I say that to people, the reason I do that, I say, okay, look, you're going to go on a plane and you're going to fly somewhere. And somebody who always tells the truth tells you, by the way, did you know that your chance of crashing and dying on this flight is 60 quadrillion times higher than you thought it was. Would you get on the airplane? Mm. Right? Because okay. people, because yeah. people, so people are, people are doing damage to themselves 60 quadrillion times higher than they think. Mm. Maybe you need to rethink those oils. And the extra damage you do when you fry them because they're the most sensitive of our molecules and they need the most care. We give them the least. And so there are more health problems come from damaged oils than any other part of nutrition. Worse than sugar, worse than white sugar. Okay. I want to, I want you to expand on that because that, that point I think is probably one that I've personally contested quite a bit. And I would love to do that with you because I, I value your opinion. Contest <laughs> very much. So contest I, I, away. You know, yeah, no, I, I think, I think we, and and I'm guilty of this too, by the way, just as a practitioner. But as someone who is familiar with the research and the real life practical practical application of some of this, yeah. I think that something that I noticed in both the seed oil conversation as well as something that came up a number of years ago about GMOs, for example, about genetic genetically modified organisms, is that something that we get that gets lost in the conversation is the application of those crops. And then in this case, the application of those oils, right? So we'll see things like high oleic vegetable oil, something like that in a product that actually has a lot of saturated fat, sugar, and sodium. 
Mm-hmm. And so some of these big nutrients that we talk about so often that really seem to align the most with some of the larger public health messaging about longevity, about heart health, about disease, right? And preventing chronic disease. Mm-hmm. We, we sometimes get lost in the, this minutia about things like oils versus taking a look at dietary patterns on the whole. And that kind of brings me back to my my example about salad, right? Which is that the more that we can talk about inclusion of certain foods, particularly of vegetables, of fruit, of 100% whole grains, of legumes, nuts, mm-hmm. seeds, low-fat dairy products, some types of, of lean proteins, right? Like there's so much there that we need to start encouraging that it's, it's my experience Correct. that telling people what they can't have or telling them that something is dangerous for them creates something of a hyperfixation and a concern about things that sometimes are less in your control, especially when they they may they may fit in, right? Like a seed oil may fit into your salad dressing in mm-hmm. the course of the day. But that salad mm-hmm. is more is more of an important behavior that I'm looking to cultivate with a client versus focusing on the oil itself. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So that makes complete sense. <clears throat> so yeah. you're telling people what to do that's good for them. Right. Instead of what not to do that's bad for them. Right. And most of the people who diss the, the seed oils, yeah. they're only giving you the negative. Yes, the What half we the did story. 40 right. years ago is we created the alternative. I, Ooh, developed a, I developed an industry of making oils with health in mind. Amazing. And the first oil I developed was flaxseed oil because it's a very rich source of omega-3s. And we, made, we had to build a very, very tight system so no light, yeah. no oxygen, no heat damages the oil in the processing. Then we put it in glass bottles because you don't want plastic leaching into oils. Then we started with organically grown seeds, so you don't have any pesticides to deal with. And then we told them not to use it for frying, but to add it to foods after they come off the heat source. And then I became omega-6 deficient on flax oil because it has a lot of omega-3 and not enough (laughs) omega-6. I realized the balance is important. Right. Yes. Thank you. And so I developed a blend. That okay. is better balanced, so you so that can't happen, right? And so we say to people, instead of using oils for frying, and I tell people to get their frying pan out, turn it upside down, hit themselves up the side of the head with it, so it's associated <laughs> with pain, and throw it out, and go back to cooking in water, which is what people did when I was a kid. I'm 81, so um, you know. We called it cooking when you used water, and we called it frying when you used oils. Now, when people talk about cooking, they usually mean frying. Yeah. So the word has changed. Yeah, interesting. Uh, And so, and so, what I say: cook in water if you're going to cook, because raw is actually even better if it's not Mm -hmm. contaminated, Mm -hmm. right? Because life standard in nature is fresh, whole, raw, organic, seasonal, and local. Mm. Right. Yeah. And yeah, every creature eats like that, yeah. except for us. Yeah. So we've changed all of that. So fresh or raw organic, or if you're going to cook, then uh, add oils after they come off the heat, after the food comes off the heat, and replace the enzymes and probiotics that you destroy in the cooking process because they help digestion, and that's really important too. That's the second most neglected area is digestion. First one is, is oils. Right. So, uh, so, um, so the the issue is isn't so the issue is instead of damaged seed oils, use oils made with health in mind, and use them that. properly. Now you have a salad, which is good because it's fresh yeah. and raw, right? And you put good oil on it, and the oil 
not only doesn't put any toxic molecules in your body, but the oil also improves the absorption of the oil-soluble nutrients in the salad, because there are Mm -hmm. Mm oil-soluble nutrients in every food. Yep. And they improve the, so they improve the absorption and they also improve the flavors Mm. of the foods you eat. Oils improve flavors. I think that's and also so, and so so they yeah. so they I think the summary of that question is you know people who and and this has been happening for forty years every year yeah. there is a book on don't use oils don't use oils don't use oils yes yeah because they haven't done all their homework because they haven't developed a method for making oils with health health in mind which is a pain yeah. in the butt to do actually because you have to be so careful. And yeah. you have to build such a tight program and everything about it has to be tight. So, and then it's more expensive, you know, yeah. and people don't want to do that. Most people don't want to take that kind of care. I got poisoned. Mm-hmm. I kind of got primed to, you know, right. life is life is a perishable good. You mm-hmm. have to treat it with care. You, you know, it's like people say, eat foods that spoil, but eat them before they do. Right? Yeah. Right. So I'm yeah. saying, you know, the body is a perishable good. Yeah. Treat it with the care that a perishable good needs. And then you how do you do that? You want to keep it as close to in line with nature and your nature as you, as possible. And then eventually your body checks out anyway, right? But yeah. it's a wor- yeah. it's still a worthwhile even though it's a losing proposition. Well, I think something you said there is so important to the whole thing, which is the the taste. Your point about taste is everything, yeah. right? Because yeah. it's not just about the nutrients that you're consuming. So much of life and so much of health is really about the flavor, the the things that, yeah. that give us joy. And I actually, and I, I you know, I'm, I've done so much work on this, both with individuals and and sort of when speaking to larger groups, which is that like actually finding the things that you really enjoy eating is what yeah. makes all of the difference, right? But if you can yeah. do that by flavoring your food with things that are so much more delicious than perhaps you've experienced until now, you're already on track, right? Like you're yeah. already taking steps toward better health and well-being for life. Yeah. So, but, we... but you have a choice, but you have a choice in that yeah. flavoring issue of yes. doing it with damaged yeah. oils so and doing it with oils that are not damaged. And that's a that's a key that's a key small choice because everybody's yeah. already using oils. It's right. a key small change to make that from a health perspective has major payback. Yeah. So, okay, so we need to back up because I want you to tell us about the supply chain and how you got into flaxseed, creating flaxseed oil and yeah. what, what, it, what it takes to actually produce this oil in such a high quality way and, and where it took you and how you got there, all of it. <laughs> tell us about your okay. supply chain with, with the flaxseed well, oil. Well, when I, when, when I, when I start, started looking at nutrition because I got poisoned, yeah. I got, you know, I was looking at everything. 18 right. minerals, 13 vitamins, nine essential amino acids, two essential fatty acids. But I was looking at everything. The area that was confusing, the most confusing, was the area of oils. And then yeah. the year, I got poisoned in 1980. In 1981, it was established that omega-3s are also essential nutrients. Yep. That wasn't clear until 1981. Yeah, it really is crazy. So my to- timing yeah. for getting poisoned was perfect. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was already had my head buried in the journals. Oh, my God, yeah. they're essential. And then it was like, okay, 99% of the population doesn't get enough omega-3s for optimum health, yeah. says the research. Every cell needs them. They're essential. Can't yeah. make them in the body from anything else. And I went, oh, my God. 
if we could make them with health in mind and we could bring them back into the population, oh my God, we could help almost everybody. And you know, when you help people, I don't, I'm sure you know that. I'm sure pretty much everybody There's who no listens to you knows that. Yeah. When you do things that help people, it feels really good in the heart, like right here. There's right? nothing better. Yeah. Right? Totally. And it was like, oh my that. God, yeah. we could help almost everybody. And that was yeah. the drive behind all of the work we did. And I was broke for 15 years doing the work to put it together. I moved in with my mother. I was 38. Oh. Um, I 38, 30. I guess I was about 39. I moved I in that. with my mother. I said, I want to, I want to do this thing. And I, I need to write a book and I can do it weekends and evenings, but I'd like to do it full time. She said, yep, you can come, you can move in and you can have room and board here. And I literally sat on my little desk with a handheld click, 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 portable (laughs) typewriter. And when the manuscript was business uh, finished, the S, the S key broke on the typewriter. Oh my God. Well, at least it was finished. (laughs) It was finished. I got it finished. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and it was, but it was the, it was the, oh my God, we could help so many people. You know, my, my, as a kid, you know, we, how we could, we all live in harmony together. There must be a way. And yeah. the, I'm always interested. I'm only really interested in anything I can do that gives somebody that either gets them a little less pain or a little more joy. And it doesn't mm. matter. It could be on any level. It could be what you say. It could be by a smile. It could be by helping somebody across the road. It could be, you know, by somebody who's turning the map upside down because they're trying to figure out where they are and where they need to go. And they just say, oh, yeah, you got to go this way. Probably me. Right? So it doesn't matter. So, it, yeah, probably you, all of us at times, I'm sure. But, but, uh, so it doesn't matter in which way. But yeah. this one was just like, oh, my God, we could help so many people. And it was never about money. It was yeah. just like, oh, my God. And that was the drive. And we were, I was so inspired to be doing this that people got, they got infected with the enthusiasm that we had. That's what built it. In two years, flax oil became the highest selling oil in the health food industry where we were active in two years. Highest selling oil in the industry. And the industry was at that point 80, so we're talking 86, 87, 88 was the big tour. We did a tour through the U.S. in a van without air conditioning (laughs) in the hottest months, every three days. We would walk into a Marriott hotel like we owned it and then go and clean up, go to the pool, go to the showers, wash our clothes in the showers, ring right. them out, go pile back into into our van. And we called our van the Omega Hilton. The <laughs> but, Omega we always cleaned, Hilton. And we always, but we always cleaned up in Marriott's. <laughs> and I wrote a letter to, to uh, uh, Mar- uh, Bill Marriott yeah. 24 years later and told him the story. And thanked him for the 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 role he the role he played inadvertently in helping people with health, That's and he wrote amazing. me a really sweet note back. So I love that so he was responded. Li- That's so yeah, great. yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how often do you get a letter like that? Seriously, <laughs> I know. And uh, and so so what what drove the whole project was it was just like it's like oh my god, I found a purpose. Yeah, this is a purpose worth doing. I did a lot of things, and I said nah. I get halfway in and say, yeah, 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 yeah. And I would just then, then I would just quit. Right. I quit a lot of things, and this one was like, oh my god, unbelievable! And I knew it could do it. It was like yeah. I had no, I had complete confidence in my ability to do it, right, and get it done. And I right. never thought about what I should get out of it. 
other than what I got out of it was the, the how feeling, incredible yeah. it feels to be able to help so many people. So, so, so this, so at the time in the in the early eighties, this was flaxseed that you were primarily focused yeah, on. Later eighties, we did the first okay. big. We did it. We we made flax oil in eighty six. Okay. Did my first uh, Canadian tour halfway across Canada in eighty seven wow. and nineteen eighty eight. We went through the U.S. Uh, thirty five states, seventeen thousand miles by road, one hundred and one days, eighty five cities. Wow! And literally worked all day and then drove all night from place to place. Okay. Two of us. Right. Yeah, and I Two slept on the floor in the van <laughs> between right. the between the driver's seat in the back and my driver had put a built himself a bunk in the back. Amazing. And we talked to anybody who would listen. And, uh, and everybody wanted to work with us. And then we set standards. Oh, yeah. like I would say, do you have refrigeration in your factory or in your storage yes. space? If they said yes, I'd say I, I'd hand them over to, to my driver who did the business deals. Right. If they said no, I would say, are you willing to break, bring it in? If they said yes, I'd say, tell us when you have it. And wow. if they said no, I said, this is a good time to end the interview. We would not work with people who weren't willing to, to refrigerate our precious oil because it needs yeah. protection if, you're going, if it's going to maintain, if it's going to retain its health benefits. So we, we set standards, like, and we didn't budge on the standards. We've never budged yeah. on the standards yeah. from 1988, and now it's 19, 2023. We've still got the yeah. same standards. So fascinating. So this yeah. is what I have to ask you because we've got a lot of practitioners listening to to this podcast and, and also a lot of everyday consumers. If you were advising someone on yeah. the best best practices for purchasing oils, yeah. what would be Udo's list of best things to keep in mind? Okay. Now that's a little different question. If you look at yeah. all of the, the world of fats, yes, everything in the world of fats and oils has a center, and the center yep. is the two essential fatty acids. Right. They're the most sensitive nutrients. They need to be made with health in mind. They need to be in the right ratio. They should be in glass. They should right. be organic, right? So there's like, yeah. but everything in fats is around that. Yeah. Once you get that right, that cuts you slack for everything else you do, right? Yeah. But you got to focus it on what's essential. It's, it's not different for minerals either, right? It's not different for aminos either. Right. You know, there are nine aminos you can't make. Yeah. Those are the ones you got to make sure of because the ones you can make, you can make. So right? true. Right. Yeah. Okay. And one of the things that happens with that, saturated fats have a bad reputation. Mm. I'm sure you know that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yep. And why is that? Because they make platelets more sticky and... Right. They make you more insulin resistant. Mm -hmm. So they take you towards diabetes and they take you towards heart disease. Right? Yep. That's what yep. that means. But here's the thing you don't know because you haven't been told. Omega-3s make you more insulin sensitive. Yes. And they make your platelets less sticky. Yep. So you have to ask the question, are saturated fats a problem because you're omega-3 deficient? Because 99% are. Or are yeah. saturated fats actually bad? And the truth is that when you optimize your omega-3 intake, you can take saturated fats after that, and they won't cause you any problems. Interesting. But you have to optimize your intake of omega-3s. So what we blame on saturated fats 
Just like what we blame on seed oils should be blamed on the processing, what we mm. blame on saturated fats should be blamed on omega-3 deficiency. Mm, really good point. Yeah, no, I mean, there's, de and there's definite, there's certainly research, especially, and just to, to share that with the audience, I've definitely seen that research before. I mean, there's certainly plenty out there that, that goes into depth, into great detail on omega-3s and this exact heart health benefit. Right. So, because, yeah, because this all comes out of research on omega-3s, right. that they make exactly. you more insulin sensitive. Exactly. Obviously, that'll work against something that makes you omega uh, that makes you insulin um, resistant. Resistant, right? Yeah. And the yeah. same thing, you know, if they make your platelets less sticky, that'll work against something that makes your platelets more sticky. So, where's the balance between omega threes and saturated fats? Well, the only ones that are essential are the omega threes. So you gotta bring in and optimize it. That's like the positive instruction: omega three and omega six in the right ratio, made with health in mind, undamaged, organic. <laughs> that's where the focus needs to go. This, do this. So you when would, you do okay, this, so, everything else becomes easier. So, okay. So one, thing, so one thing that you mentioned before that I think is also really important on this, on this exact mm -hmm. point is the glass bottle and mm -hmm. the dark bottle. I think that also- Yeah, it's a dark glass bottle. We put it in a box to cut the light out completely. But it's in glass because- Oils swell plastic and then plastic leaches into oils. And when right, you put right, plastic right. in the body, now you're hearing more and more about what plastics do in the right. body. They interfere, they, they block, they, they interfere with, with the flow of energy going on in your body. And there's, there's research that says plastics in the body increase inflammation and increase cancer. Yeah. So you yeah. don't want them. And oils uh, dissolve like plastic dissolves in oils in a way that plastic doesn't even dissolve in water. Worse in oil than in water. Oof. You don't want, you, we already know about plastic and water because you can taste it. Right. But in oil, you won't taste it, but it's even more plastic in oil than in water just because the chemistry of plastic and chemistry of oil is similar. They're called van der, van der Waals forces. And they Not swell the plastic and then plastic leaches into oil. What's that? I said, I'm not even going to try to repeat that. Say yeah. it one more time. Vander. Van, V-A-N space D-E-R, Vander. <laughs> and then big W-A-A-L, Vander Waals forces. It's hard Vander to Waal. pronounce. Yeah. Whew. And you can check that out. That has to do with uh, nonpolar molecules. And right. oils, you know, the, 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 yeah. the essential fatty acids are polar in one end, but nonpolar for most of them. Hydrophobic are non -polar, and hydrophilic so. tails. This is like something that I really like. It was deeply yeah. ingrained in me. Well, the hydrophilic tape, yeah, the hydrophilic tail <laughs> yeah. is water soluble, yeah. but the hydrophobic chain, yes, is is uh, is nonpolar. Yes, the tail is polar. The 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 rest of it is not because it's just <laughs> right. carbon and hydrogen. Right, right, right. And plastic is just carbon and hydrogen too. So those so they have similar chemistry. Yeah. And oils swell really. plastics, and plastic can leach into oils. That's really interesting. All right, so we we have to because I only have you for so long. I have to switch gears here because I have so many other things to ask you about. Even though I yeah. I could continue to ask you about oils for the rest of time. I, I, I'm sure you could for <laughs> yeah, for the rest of time. Exactly for the rest of time for an indefinite period. Something yeah. that that I. That, that before we completely leave oils, but just to sort of a bridge to get us somewhere, I, I saw something on your Instagram that I thought was really interesting. You, it was you speaking about fish oil. 
Mm-hmm. and fish oil supplements. And I would mm-hmm. love for you to share a little bit of your tips and best practices for finding the right the right fish oil. If you're looking for an omega-3 supplement, what would okay. you, I'll, I'll actually phrase it like that. If you're looking for an omega-3 supplement, what would you recommend people look for in okay. those supplements? Let me give you the background. Yes. Omega-6 is pretty sen- sensitive to damage by light, oxygen, and heat. Yes. Omega-3 the plant omega-3, is five times more sensitive than that. And the fish oil omega-3s are five times more sensitive than the plant omega-3. So that means the, the, the EPA and DHA in fish oils are yeah. 25 times more sensitive to damage done by light, oxygen, and heat than yeah. the omega-6 oils. So that if you have 1% damage in the, in the seed oil, you yeah. might be 5, 10, 20, maybe at worst, 25% more, da- more damage than that in the fish oils. And they use make the fish oils by similar methods. Interesting. And they make them out of garbage. And they make them out of, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. Not everybody makes them out of garbage, but there's a right. lot in the yeah. industry, right? There's certainly a lot of that. So, yeah. so they're damaged. So what do you do? Well, in the old days, you could go and eat fish because yeah. in the fish, they weren't damaged. But I went to Alaska, salmon fishing, and even in Alaska, the salmon has PCBs and dioxins, the dioxins in it. And now the research says fish is the dirtiest meat on the planet because we've been using the, well, not we've been using, you know, everything we dump on land goes downhill, ends up in the ocean. If it's oil soluble, it ends up in oil in the ocean. And then it, it concentrates up the food chain. So if you want good EPA and DHA, the lowest you can go is algae in the ocean. Mm. They actually make it for most of the fish. So it goes from yeah. algae to krill, and it goes from krill to little fish, and it goes from little fish to big fish, and it goes yeah. from big fish to, to seals and, and whales and, and uh, walruses, right? And humans. <laughs> so the higher you go on the food chain, the more yeah. concentrated the toxins become. So you have two issues. One is the co- toxicity that you know, industrial toxicity. And the second problem you have is processing damage because there's so much more damage. So what I say to people is use krill oil Mm -hmm. because that's pretty low on the food chain. But they also have, before they first started fishing it, they set limits for sustainability. Yep. And they've and they've they did that very well. They've never done that with the fish oil industry. And if you belong to the the Oil Chemist Society, it's, like, uh, it's yeah. called ISFAL, I-S-S-F-A-L. They're the, they're the oil research scientists. I used yeah. to belong to it. Uh, they say by 2048, at the rate we're going, there will be no fish in the ocean because yeah. we're, our method of catching them is getting better and better. Mm-hmm. There are fewer species because we've overfished pretty much everywhere around the world, and mm-hmm. nobody's doing anything to make it sustainable. And if they try to make it sustainable, then they say, okay, well, this part of the beach, you can't fish. And the next mm-hmm. mile, you can fish. And the next mile, you can't fish. Well, then the fishermen go into the part that they're not supposed to go in and fish there anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're trying to make the living. Yeah. Right. So so from my perspective, fish oil has outlived its fu- uh, its usefulness. If you look at the, 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 uh, what do you call them? The the studies when they take a whole bunch of studies, 
the, yeah, the, meta-analysis. The re- hmm? Meta-analysis or yeah, systematic review. Yeah, if you do a yeah. meta-analysis, they're now saying fish oils don't work for all the things they claim they work for. And that's mm-hmm. because we've had to do more processing on the fish oil, one for taste, because, you yeah. know, they... You know, if you get an, an oil in a bottle, a fish oil in a bottle, you open it up in the fridge, you can smell it in a week because it goes, it Just goes rancid about so it. fast. It's me a yeah. And the second thing is, well. and the second thing is they, they used to have up to 1300 parts per billion of yeah. PCBs in them. And the, and the governments said, no, that's too much. They said, you have to bring it down to 90 parts per billion. And that requires more heat processing because you're basically boiling them off. So there's more damage to fish oils than there was 20 years ago. Yeah. Right? Nobody's, yeah. nobody's talking about that. But the, 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 the really studies, the results yeah. of the studies are changing. The older studies mm-hmm. are pretty good. Yeah. You know, make it look pretty good. And the newer studies right. are making it less and less useful. So what I do is I say go to, go to krill oil. Yeah. Or go to algae oils. They're grown yeah. in tanks. Yeah, but most of the algae oil are also processed like the fish oil. So then you then you have the processing damage. Krill oil is done in by a different way, and it's also more phospholipids than triglycerides. Interesting. And the, yeah. the and the triglycerides are largely burnt for energy, and the phospholipids are conserved. So you need less oil, and it's it's more effective. And it has its own antioxidant in a very uh, red antioxidant called astaxanthin. Yeah, and, yes. and so. When people ask me about the supplement, I mean, and fish oil is a supplement. What I'm talking about is food oils. Yeah. Right? The oils yeah. we work are food oils. Right. But you can't fix what's wrong with food oils by adding a supplement. Right. You have to fix the, the foundation. And then a supplement may be helpful in addition to that. When, I, when people ask me about the supplement, I always say, I think the, the, the most likely one to be most helpful to you is krill oil. Interesting. Really yeah. good point. They make it by a completely different, they actually alcohol extract it. So that means people, uh, Muslims can't use it because they're not allowed to go to alcohol. Yeah. But if that's not an issue, then, right. um, then krill oil is, is in my opinion, uh, it's not just a, it's not just a, fa- uh, it's not just a made up opinion. There's like good it. research on it. I, I think so that's I, really, that's a really interesting point. I mean, I, I've been really curious about the entire algal oil industry and, yeah. and the different uses of algae. And it's an yeah. interesting point about, about krill. I think that's definitely one to, to consider. And, and yeah, we, we get, we get uh, uh, algae oil that is unrefined. So it is not yeah. processed, not damaged. Right. But anytime that can change. Yeah. Because the industry, you know, we're small players, you know, and, and yeah, so they say, well, you know what, we're, right. just, we're just wasting our time working with you guys. We're just going to sell it to the big market. The big market right. doesn't care about that kind of stuff or doesn't <laughs> know about that stuff to care about it. Yeah, right? I think it's probably a combo of both. A yeah, sad yeah. So, combo of both. And so, and so, yeah. So, and I'm, and my goal is, you know, I don't make any money on krill oil and I don't make, you know, it's like, yeah. this is like, I'm just trying to help people with health. Yeah. No, I lost I, mine. So I know how, how important it is. So. Okay, but on that note, you you lost yours in the in you said I think 1980, right? But you are now uh, uh, 81 years young. If I if I may just share that as you did at the beginning, I yeah. feel like I I'm, I have permission to to repeat it. But yeah. tell the, give us give us some from your perspective because you are you have so much 
life and knowledge in you. I, I can see that just through the screen. And it's such yeah, a pleasure yeah. to have you on this podcast. I'm still firing on at least two cylinders. You're firing on every <laughs> cylinder. <laughs> yeah. so you're firing on all cylinders at all times. What has helped you do this? In addition to some of the nutrition, because you know we've we've probably exhausted some of our listeners with that. But I know mm. that your your stance on mental health is really an interesting one, and I'd love mm. to hear you talk a little bit more about that. I will tell you this: that when I got poisoned, that got my attention. Yeah. Yes. And then I started paying attention. It's like, oh yeah, I only get one body. I better look after it. And love that. And there's some responsibility here for doing that. You know, yeah. I not trust the government or trust the company or trust, find out for yourself. And I have the background, so that's helpful for me. And I'm always looking at how was it in nature before we got fancy, before we invented money, so before we yeah. invented industry. Yeah. In nature, first of all, life was created, uh, sorry, health was created by life in yeah. nature. And it, and what its requirement is that you live in line with nature and your own nature. Yeah. And there are eight parts to that. That's what we're going to do later, right? There are eight right. parts to it. You have to give everything its due. So what I started to do is how do I live in line with nature and with my nature? And what are the pieces? And I'm basically developing a total, a teachable field of total health and a teachable field of human nature. Because after 200,000 years of living on this planet, we still haven't done that. And it's about bloody time that we did. Yeah. Because, because that's the most important thing we got. And we're not paying attention. So and true. And because we're not paying attention, we get disconnected. And when we get disconnected, we become discontent. And then we're looking for our connection out there. And we're actually destroying the planet, ourselves, and each other in the process of trying to get on the outside what we can only get on the inside. So well said. Yes. Yeah. And so, so, yeah, if, you, if you're up for it, we'll, we'll do a whole second yes. thing on that. I and would I'll... love that. I would okay. absolutely love that. So we will absolutely need to cool. make that happen. But to up. answer your question about mental health. Yeah. You know, what is, you know, in the world of change, the wor yeah. nature changes, your mind changes, your thoughts change, mm -hmm. your emotions change, your body changes, yes. your relationships change. That's the world of change. Yep. If you don't want what changes to, to change, good luck. Yes. So how can you be Big in a problem. place where you can accept the changes right. and be comfortable? Well, there's something in you that doesn't change. Yeah. That is your focus. And at the deepest point, it's called awareness. Awareness is like space, not affected by anything. It's primary uh, attribute is peace, a felt peace, not absence of war, but a felt peace. You feel content, you feel whole, you feel okay, you yeah. feel grounded. Okay. If you're not in touch with that, you're actually living without foundation. Mm. And then everything's all over the place. If you, if you're in peace, there's no anxiety there. There's no, it's not possible to be anxious in peace. It's not possible to be depressed in peace. It's not possible to be angry in peace. That's all, that's all stuff in the world of change. And you live in the world of change, but you also live in the world of no change. And you need, connect, you need to be connected to both to be able to live effectively in a world that is changing faster and faster and is driving you nuts if you don't have yeah. a foundation.
or if so you're not for, aware of the foundation that you have, because everybody has the foundation, yes. yeah. we're just not in touch with it. And our senses always take us out into the world of change. Yeah. And we need to deliberately bring ourselves back into the change of foundation. That, that has to be deliberate. Human beings need to make time for sitting still, just feeling what it feels like to be fully present in being alive. Oh, I love that so much. That's so beautifully well said. And I, I do, as I said before, I do have about 1 million more questions for you. So we are going to have to do this again. Well, let's do then that. Then we might have to do two more. I love it. Tell <laughs> after two more, we'll have a million questions. Exactly. Answered. <laughs> then we'll have more, a million more questions. Tell yeah. our listeners where they can find you and learn more about you and your work. Okay. So uh, the, the, the products are on udoschoice.com, U-D-O-S choice.com. And I talk about oils, enzymes, probiotics, mostly uh, greens also. Um, and uh, for the, all the other stuff, we're still creating it. It's a mess, some good stuff on it, some not so good <laughs> stuff on it. And that's on theudo.com, T-H-E-U-D-O.com. And I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram and I have a YouTube channel. And, and uh, what, what am I missing here? Uh, oh, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Udo Great. Erasmus. Um, we'll link to all of that in yeah. our episode notes. So not a yeah. problem for our and listeners. The, and the oils that we're talking about, you find them in a brown glass bottle, in a box, in the fridge, in the supplement section, in the health food stores. You can Love also it. get them on Amazon. But it's better if you get them out of the fridge uh, in the stores. And, in the and I like to I support the retailers. we've learned the, one thing today, we, yes. If we've learned one thing today, it's get them in the fridge. And I agree. Let's support our local businesses by yeah. going to the our local stores and, and purchasing yeah. it there. Yeah. Udo, thank you so much. This has been well, so informative and fantastic, and I can't wait to well, do it again. Yeah, well, thank you for thank you for being. Uh, you know, if I was if I wasn't talking to you, I'd be talking to myself in the bathroom mirror, and that's kind of boring because <laughs> I've already heard the story. Right. So if there's a if there's a good message here, uh, you know what you're doing is so important to thank get you. it out to people who can benefit from it. So thank you for doing that. Appreciate thank it. Thank you on. so much. Thanks so much for listening to The Business of Wellness. I'm your host and executive producer, Jacqueline London. Remember that advice provided on this podcast is based on my application of research and practice as a registered dietitian and should not replace medical advice provided by your physician. If you like what you're listening to, please follow the show, leave a five-star rating, and share something you love from today's episode by leaving a review. This podcast only grows with your support. So if you enjoyed this episode, share it far and wide. It may be the one thing someone needs to hear to start building that roadmap today to secure a healthier, happier future. That's it for now. So until next time, cheers.